Hey, listener, just wanted to give you a quick content warning on this episode. There is a domestic terrorist plot in this episode, and we do have scenes of a gunman in a crowd. So that if that's going to be too much for you, know that now. Just skip this one. We'll see you next week. There's darkness and fire still ahead of us. There are no guarantees that any of us will survive it. You've been nervous about this ever since I mentioned it. What are you afraid of? Nothing. Well, spiders. Now that's comedy. Only an idiot fights a war on two fronts. Only the heir to the throne of the kingdom of idiots would fight a war on 12 fronts. Hello and welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watch cast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other and will continue to get to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. Hi, Laura. It's been almost a month for us. It's been a long time since I saw your face. It has been 26 or 27 days or something like that. It's it's almost Mm -hmm. been a month since we recorded last. It's been a crazy month. I fucked off to Europe for a while. I'm back and a bunch of B5 stuff has happened. Not like necessarily all good news. In fact, I'd say none of it is good news. Yeah. You went away and things happened. It's very strange. Nothing about the remake at this time. Mm -hmm. We got another no news is good news from JMS as of this recording. Just have to trust the process, I guess. But today, if you're listening to this episode, the day it airs. HBO Max lost Babylon 5. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what anyone's going to do. <laughs> I hope <laughs> that this doesn't prevent you from watching the show. I did a little bit of quick research, and mm-hmm. I, I've i been watching it on Vudu or HBO Max because I bought the HD remaster on Vudu. It's still available there for purchase. It's mm-hmm. still available in the Apple Store. YouTube Movies and TV has it as well. Okay. Um, you can buy individual seasons and stuff. I bought the whole series for, I want to say, like 50 bucks or something on Voodoo on a sale. So okay. I don't know if that's something that is going to happen before it goes off streaming. Sometimes you'll that will happen when stuff is about to come off. It will go on sale on those digital stores. But me telling you this now presumably doesn't help much. Yeah, it might not be <laughs> helpful to the listener. But I think our plan is we're going to buy it on Apple TV. Just That's where we've got some other series. So we were going to do that. But yeah, I was I was shocked, shocked and appalled that yeah. HBO Max was going to give it up. It's g- genuinely upsetting because the series, I feel like, has kind of been enjoying a little bit of a pop culture renaissance between the possible remake and it finally being available streaming mainstream because it wasn't mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yeah. HBO Max is the biggest streaming service this show had, I believe, ever been on. It might have been on Amazon Prime at one point at maybe five or six years ago or longer than that. It was on IMDb's streaming service for a while, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know was a thing until it was dead. (laughs) I didn't know it was a thing until you said it just now. (laughs) So yeah, now at this point, because if you're into the minutia of our podcast production, we've been using HBO Max order as our order for the episodes. At this point, there is no difference going forward. Right. The order I think of all it was the episodes is seasons. real set. Yeah. Yeah. So watching on Vudu or Apple or YouTube won't make a difference. If you are catching up on this podcast afterwards and we did not watch it in your order and you were like, what are they talking about? It's not on HBO Max. What's the, the... That's what happened. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the present. Sorry. Uh, it would have been great if they had kept it. But uh, yeah. I do... If you're going to watch it on Apple, that is fun because then we'll have two different episode descriptions, theoretically. You think? You think the different services all have a different description? We'll find out next week, won't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess we will. <laughs> um, so we can, we'll go with that going forward. We can get both of them and maybe there's fun little differences that we can pick apart or something. I feel like some of the descriptions that have been in HBO Max have been a bit spoily. Like, I tell you big things that are going to happen in the episode. 
but also sometimes they're very vague. It's it's a weird balance because it will be all like, oh, Sheridan has a surprise visitor come to the station. Also, Londo blows up 10 planets. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like. <laughs> yeah, it's been a wide, wide range. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so hopefully, listener, you have a means of continuing to watch Babylon 5. I hope that it doesn't impact you greatly. Yeah, it's a bummer. And if you've been watching it with us and this is your first time watching and you're watching it along with us, I hope this doesn't impede your ability to continue enjoying this very excellent show. Yeah, same. So the other bit of B5 news that dropped while you were out of the country Mm -hmm. was Jason Carter's son in England Mm -hmm. wrote a piece for the Medium or Medium.com. And you may have seen this listener. It was really big after it dropped. It dropped on December 20th, 2022. And it's a piece called My Dad Starred in a Hit TV Show with a Severe Brain Injury. And right at the top of the article, it's got two of like Jason Carter's, you know, his headshot and then one of his Babylon 5 promo photos. Mm -hmm. So this was a, a really interesting piece. And there was a lot of like little internet buzz around it. I don't know if you got to see much of that, Jafar. No, I was very disconnected from the internet during most of my trip. Yeah, yeah. I know I sent it over, but I didn't expect you to look at it because you had other things to do. Yeah, I, I did open it up and I did read about half of it before I fell asleep. My only internet phone time was really like right before bed. So you had other things to walk around and to see in Jason Carter's home country. Well, yes, part, part of it. Yeah. So. His son is Benny Carts, is what he's written this under. Apparently, and I had not heard this before, he speaks about Jason Carter having a traumatic brain injury in 1992. He starts his article. I'm not going to read this whole thing to you, but this this start of the article is very good. He says, a double-decker bus rattles through central London. Standing in an open doorway, gripping the stanchion, is a handsome young man. We can all picture Jason Carter doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. His eyes are bright, his hair jet black, his smile wide and infectious. Suddenly, the bus takes a corner too fast. The man is jettisoned onto the road at a terrific speed. His head takes the brunt of the impact. Amid the screams and confusion and rising sirens, blood continues to flow from his ears as he lies motionless upon the tarmac. So he goes on to tell about this was a traumatic brain injury that Jason Carter suffered. And from at least from Benny Kartz's point of view, Jason Carter was not the same after this incident in 1992. You know, it it's one of those things. It's interesting because this is his son's point of view and it's his son's truth, obviously. Yeah. We don't know the extent that this is true for Jason Carter. I don't think he's ever spoken about it that we know of. I was uh, completely unaware, but I'm also not a Jason Carter biographer, so. Right. <laughs> Benny Cards talks about he Jason Carter, after he recovered from this injury, wasn't the same the marriage that he had with Benny's mother, you know, falls apart. Mm-hmm. But marriages fall apart for lots of reasons. And he moved off to L.A. to pursue being an actor in the United States. He apparently was had a quite an up-and-coming career in the U.K. before he left for L.A. Mm. There was some scuttlebutt that I saw in some of the Babylon 5 forums that previously JMS had mentioned that Michael O'Hare wasn't the only person on the show who had a mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I saw after this came out that JMS also tweeted about it, and he said that they were never aware that Jason Carter had any kind of traumatic brain injury and that he was always very professional on set and always very prepared. One of the things Benny mentions is that Jason would uh, have to memorize his lines right before a scene in order to Mm -hmm. not forget them. I don't know how uncommon that would be for an actor, though. For TV acting, I think that's part of the norm uh, yeah it feels it feels normal because when it's not when that's not the case it's usually a pretty big deal like i've had i've seen that be made a big deal before mm-hmm. uh because it's a different type of acting you get to do more improvisational stage style acting yeah but you know a tv show is a lot of lines like to yeah. memorize that days ahead of time i don't know that i would do it i couldn't no way i know yeah no. He doesn't mention his father specifically by name in the article. He mentions the character of Marcus Cole, 
but you know the article's full of pictures of his father. Some people mentioned that might be to keep it less Googleable. Like, so when you Google Jason Carter, this isn't going to show up. Be the first thing, yeah. Yeah, but he talks about you know trying to repair his relationship with his dad after he left England and he remarried when he was in the United States. He has a sister, I guess, from the United States that he's very mm-hmm. close to. So you you like to hear that. The family's not totally broken. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting piece because traumatic brain injury is not dissimilar from what Michael O'Hare went through in some ways. Yeah, I'm sure that there's some overlap there. I mean, it's medical science is not at a point where that's, you know, you can really definitively say what happens. Uh, mm, for sure. With something Brains along are those hard. lines. Yeah, they are. Brains are very hard to understand. A couple pounds of fat with a thunderstorm in it. It's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's an interesting piece. You know, I hope it was really healing for Benny to write. I hope it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt Jason if, you know, it's in the in his sphere of vision. But, you know, it sounds like maybe the other cast and crew weren't aware. I'd heard, I saw something on Reddit about how two of our big actors in the show, Jerry Doyle and Bruce Boxleitner, who we have noted before, have some conservative views that the only person on the cast who was willing to stand up to them and talk back was Jason Carter. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I just, I find that delightful, whether or not it has anything to do with his brain that <laughs> Jason Carter would maybe sass back a little. I want to, I want that in my head. Well, we hope, like you had mentioned, that this article was an exercise and healing for his son much like our characters at the end of this episode go through their own kind of cycle of healing mm-hmm. we've got yeah season three episode 11 ceremonies of light and dark yeah so we're here at the mid-season yes the the mid-season the midpoint of the season the midpoint of the show mm-hmm. has been turned over now and we open on night watch getting thrown off the station along with anyone else who wanted to go to Earth or another colony. They rattle off a ton of colony names right off the top, except for Mars. Mars is the only one missing off that list. No one's going to Mars. Yeah, Mars is a war zone, presumably. Yes, but I did find it interesting that they, like, mentioned Earth and, like, Proxima and stuff, the colonies that had broken off and declared independence. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to those places in addition. So it's not just people who are necessarily loyalist to EarthGov that -hmm. are leaving the station. Some people are leaving to go to their own former colonies, presumably, or maybe they're freedom fighters of some variety. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But there's a bunch of ships of people leaving the station. We see Garibaldi's broken arm, uh, which they worked into the plot because he broke it during filming during the last episode, as we talked about. Very fitting. And then we get a little bit of a plot lead that we're going to be following through for some of this episode on the admin passwords on the station needing to get changed. Did you need another boomers using computers moment? Because you're going to get it. (laughs) We'll talk about it when we get there, but some of these passwords I'm actually not upset about. (laughs) Sure, sure. So uh, the the basic problem here is they've shut off communication to the station from all sources because anyone who's got this master admin password much like the command codes used in Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, could just use it to take control of the ship and do things they don't want them to do. Um, Now, in Star Trek, it's like, oh, we'll drop their shields and then fire on them. In Babylon 5, they're like, oh, they're just going to turn off life support. (laughs) Like, theoretically open all of the airlocks and just jettison everyone is not out of the realm of possibility here, the way they're talking about this. And it's just like, fucking yikes. Yeah. Uh, so we got to get those reset, get something mm-hmm. new in last pass there. And <laughs> as they're talking about all this, Garibaldi also notes that Sheridan is not wearing his jacket. He's just wearing yep. a plain old button down. Yeah, he's got his uh, under uh, uniform dress shirt on that we, he's been rocking for a couple of episodes mm-hmm. and talks a little bit about how he'll wear it when the time is right, you know, They, if they're an independent state, he can't be repping them, and he understands that. And then he espouses the merit of management by walking around, and he's just going to go walk around the station and just let people know he's there. Yeah, I think at 
a time like this when people are feeling uncertain and people are feeling very nervous mm -hmm. seeing somebody who is an authoritative figure with a reassuring, very dazzling smile on their face is uh, something that this place is going to need. Mm -hmm. We cut over to the war room and we see the new Babylon 5 logo for the first time. Aww. It's on the table there. So the old Babylon 5 logo was like up in one place in CNC and you see it maybe like five times before this. Mm -hmm. So if you go looking for this image, no, you're digging mm -hmm. because I went looking for this image and I was digging. But the old B5 logo was like a big five with an olive branch. And then there's like a kind of like little star field underneath it. The new B5 logo, the olive branch is gone. It's been replaced by a sword. Yeah. The sword kind of runs through the five. Mm -hmm. And then it's a uh, split field in the background with blue and gray and six stars. And I really wanted the internet to tell me what those six stars were. Right. They're, everything's supposed to mean something. Yeah. Everything means something on this show, right? And I'm like, okay, well, five stars would have made sense because it's Babylon 5, right? Mm -hmm. But sure. there's six stars. So something's going on there. And I'm like, okay, well, like human, Mimbari, uh -huh. Narn. Vorlon, Centauri, League of Non-Aligned Worlds is like the only thing I could kind of put together that made sense, but I could not find out anything. Oh. So then I started looking at other logos in B5 to see if maybe it was something in there. And I noticed the Ranger logo actually has five stars on it, mm. which I also thought was very interesting. And then the ISA logo, which is a spoiler, so I won't say what the ISA stands for, but it's mm -hmm. an organization that's not in the plot yet, has... 15 stars on the logo, three sets of five. Interesting. And I figured that would be in tribute to Babylon 5 for reasons that will make sense when the organization comes into effect yeah. Yeah. in the plot. Listener, I won't say anything else about it. I don't want to spoil anything. But I did find it very interesting that the Ranger logo had five stars. And that's the old Ranger logo before Sinclair took over. Mm -hmm. And they changed it from two Mimbari holding up the thing to a Mimbari and a human holding up the thing. Right. They started letting other races in. So the old logo had five stars running across and they got rid of that. I'm just like, but I couldn't find anything on what those five stars meant. <laughs> <laughs> I went mad digging around the internet on this. Yeah. But it's a really cool logo. The shield, six stars, the sword. It's sweet logo. I've thought about getting it as a tattoo before. <laughs> it is Full a disclosure. One. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. I, I went the same place you went in my mind with the, the stars counting races. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that seems pretty logical other than the more disappointing answer that could be, you know, someone in graphic design was like, well, this works. <laughs> yeah, it's visually balanced this way. Yeah. Like, you're, you're right, but I'm mad at it. <laughs> anyway, the lens thanking the Mimbari who helped save the station at the end of last episode. Yeah, all those uh, those warships that came in. Mm -hmm. One of the captains is asking for a tour, and then uh, she has a conversation with Lanier at the end where she's like, prophecy is a poor guide because you only know you found prophecy after you found prophecy. That's, that's yeah. like how it works. Also, you can find them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, you know, you could be like, oh, this meets the prophecy, and this also meets the prophecy. <laughs> I think that's one of the big themes in Game of Thrones, right? Is that you have yeah. big fulfillments of prophecy, but also little fulfillments of prophecy. So, yes. yeah, and not, a, not the, a good map for the future. Don't rely exactly. on this. Not GPS. Sheridan starts to walk around the station and moves right under a sniper's crosshairs to theme. So dramatic. This was very stressful for me to watch. Yeah, because there's no reason for this person not to take this shot, right? Except yeah. there is. Uh, so someone stops the shooter from taking the shot under the uh, acknowledgement that it's just going to turn him into a martyr and galvanize people. So did you recognize this actor? I did recognize him briefly, and I Googled a bit, but mostly what I found was people complaining about the makeup job on his scar. And oh, his really? scar is real. It's real, yes. <laughs> so this actor is, I'm going to give him a name, Don Stroud. Mm -hmm. And right. he was back in TKO. Yes. He was our um, space Mr. Miyagi, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
he was the uh he was Caliban. He was the coach for mm-hmm. Garibaldi's friend. Yeah, he had a bit of loaf then. And if you look at if you look at Caliban, he has a similar scar over his eye, but obviously as he is an alien, there is more makeup applied to that. So you you could be forgiven for not recognizing the scar itself. But yes, Don Stroud really had that scar. It is that's an intense one. Like I got some cool scars, but nothing nothing like that. <laughs> nothing that impacts <laughs> bodily function, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that impacted his vision. I don't know. It it must have. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it not impacting his vision. So Boggs stops our sniper from shooting Sheridan, and we find out Marcus is back. Marcus mm-hmm. has returned to the station. Delenn and Linear greet him, and Delenn wants to have a rebirth ceremony for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the same ceremony that they did back in season one. Yeah, she mentions that, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Wants to do it again. She's got to get remarried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marcus is a little bit cagey on this. He doesn't think that this is a good time to do this particular ceremony. Yes. Not a good time to hold a wedding. In the middle of a war. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like maybe, maybe in a, not now. Like, <laughs> yeah, because right now we have to do a funeral. So Sheridan does mm-hmm. put on his dress uniform for this. Um, I caught that has, too. Yeah. He has respect for the dead or, you know, this type of respect for the dead. They have a, a nice military service and, you know, do the traditional shoot the coffins off into space. I assume, based off of this, that they were shooting them into the sun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is good. If they're just shooting them off into space, that's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's like debris. They can hit something. Yeah. It's going like, to just go forever. Yeah. It's going to float in space for a long time, probably. If, uh-huh. it, if, it, if it makes it like enough time to get outside of the solar system or whatever. But these things could become comets. They could hit uh-huh. planets. Like, and what are they made out of? Like, is this something that could survive, you know, re-entry into orbit or something? Uh-huh. Like, why would you do that? Like, I have so many questions and none of them will ever be answered. Surely because we are in a solar system and we are around Epsilon 3. Like, we're, we're shooting them into the sun. But yeah, and it's like, what if, what if somebody intercepts your coffin and then, like, desecrates your dead person? Like... I mean, well, that could be, like, how you find out stuff about aliens, too. Like, uh-huh. you know, like some Pac-Mara find it or something. And they're like, oh, sweet. Delivery. <laughs> like, wow. what, is, what is going on? These people we live next to are tasty. <laughs> uh, like, it's, oh, uh, I just got so many. I hope they just shot them right into the I'm going to assume mm-hmm. for my own mental health, they just shot them right into the sun. Yeah, surely. <laughs> After this, we see Rifa on the station. Yeah, Lord Reef is back. He's here to talk to Londo, and he's just like, Londo, you've summoned me here instead of coming to Homeworld? What is this madness? There it is. <laughs> Gonna get one every time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Londo is very accommodating. He's got a drink ready for Lord yeah. Rifa. He wants to talk about how many fronts Rifa and his pals have started to war on. They're doing so much war right now. Like, mm-hmm. one war is bad, but 12 is yes. the number Londo throws. They're fighting 12 wars right now. That's uh-huh. absurd. I want to know where all 12 of these fronts are because we've heard them talk about with the Drazi. The Narn, is that still a front? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. It probably counts. If, if it's a place that is diverting military attention, it counts as a front. Sure. Okay. So um, in addition to the two we know about. Yeah, there's there another 10. More. <laughs> and I mean, it's safe to assume because we've seen some like meetings with other members of the non-aligned worlds. We've seen like three or four of those, I want to say, at this point. It's safe to assume those are conflicts, but that's still like not half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are all these people that they're fighting? Seems yeah. like a bad idea. I'm with Londo on this one. For sure. He calls out Rifa's reliance on Mr. Morden. 
Rifa plays dumb for a minute, and then Lando like shows him a recording of Rifa talking about working with him. And it's just like, gotcha, bitch. He's just like, <laughs> I got the receipts. Yeah, Lando is recording everything now, presumably. Mm-hmm. Lando uses this, and he tells Rifa how it's going to be, and he straight up pulls a Sinclair, season one. Mm-hmm. The same the same trick Sinclair pulled on Jakar. He's all like, I just gave you half of a poison. When am I going to give you the other half? Depends on your actions. <laughs> yeah, I thought this felt familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that can lay dormant in this system, but eventually, when it gets the other sec- second half, mm-hmm. game over, man. You know, he says, if we're going to act like these are the good old days of the Centauri Republic, mm-hmm. let's bring back poison. Let's make poison a thing, bro. Yeah. Poison mm. was the favored weapon of the old Republic, and it's back. Yeah. Seems very Roman, right? It feels like a fall of the Roman Not Empire. on accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We cut over to security where they are resetting the master passwords. Everyone gives their code word. They get one code word, and they're all yeah. miserable, except uh-huh. for Garibaldi's. <laughs> Garibaldi's is three words and two special characters. This is Chief Warrant Officer Michael Garibaldi, serial number V17L98, security code peekaboo. Oh, that's a good point, isn't it? (laughs) Garibaldi's is a passphrase instead of a password, which is always better. The more characters in your passwords, the better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I say this as an information technology professional. Believe me mathematically like the way it all works uh-huh. it's better just mm-hmm. i can write you a small s i've i've done this rant on this podcast yeah yeah but to, <laughs> passphrases just, it's just insane to me that so many of the systems that i have to use for work it's like password can be maximum of 14 characters and i'm like but why <laughs> or six or eight for some of your old mm-hmm. ones and it's like yeah. no special characters allowed and you're just like yeah there's a few that it's like you can use this these five special characters and it's like why why only those (laughs) that makes it worse right yes it definitely does oh well nobody nobody hack my systems please (laughs) we actually they show us the station master admin codes real quick Uh on the screen and they are like 128 characters of gibberish yeah and i'm real happy about that (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's living the dream, right? Yeah. Assuming that they don't have quantum computers. If they have quantum computers, it's useless. But if they don't, and I'm guessing their computers are about as good as ours right now based off the search times from Google, great password. Very happy yeah. to see it. Yes. After this, uh, Delenn stops in to pitch the rebirth ceremony to Sheridan. He's always down to do something Delenn wants to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wonder why. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, she wants to invite, you know, all the command staff and ambassadors, mm-hmm. especially Londo and Jakar. Mm-hmm. They uh, need it even, the most. Yeah, of course they, they they do. But in the meantime, there we still have some of those members of Nightwatch on board. Yes, we learn our domestic terrorists are actually just Nightwatch. And I wish mm-hmm. that was a fucking surprise. Yeah. They decide to attack Delenn in an attempt to get the Mimbari to abandon the station so that way Earth Force can swoop in and take it back. Yeah, if the Mimbari cruisers weren't here, this would all be moot. So mm-hmm. if we can attack Delenn and get those cruisers to leave, we can maybe win our side back. Yeah, and then he starts singing nursery rhymes because that's just fucking creepy. Yeah, this is just the worst. Like, <laughs> oh, this actor did a great job. He did a great job. Yeah. Don't like his character at all. Very bad. No, super creepy. We cut to Marcus, who's dodging, answering questions about attending the rebirth ceremony. Yeah, he's been hanging out in his bar. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get some information. Oh, bye. <laughs> Someone I needed to talk to. Yeah, in security, Garibaldi's done resetting the computer for all these passwords. And, mm-hmm. oh, oopsie. He's the boomer and he messed it up. he forgot to click not to install the ai cortana just auto installed with windows 10 and now he's stuck Uh with it Uh, did you look up who the voice of the ai is by the way i didn't i didn't it's harlan ellison fantastic (laughs) it's so good (laughs) 
Is is he affecting? I'm assuming he's affecting this accent. Yes. Or is that I, how he talks? I have no idea. I've never heard his voice in a recording or anything. I yeah. in my brain, it's how he talks. That's just that's just him now. It's a very strong like Bronx accent, right? It's yeah. something New York. I I don't pretend sure. to know all my New York accents, and it's a very um, not compliant AI. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> no, he's he's not having it. Okay, looks like Harlan was from Cleveland, okay. so I'm gonna guess that's an accent he was putting yeah. on. He's just funning with us. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Quick it's very Google. comical. This whole bit. This is our comedy bit for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm here for it, though. So the AI was present when the station went online and it was messing everything up. So they shut it down immediately. Yeah, no kidding. And yeah, it's like back now. So. Oh, boy. Well, at the same time, Delenn is also trying to like pitch the rebirth ceremony to other people. Yep. And she approaches Londo and, you know, how Londo feels about boring things. Yeah, Lando <laughs> is a real insensitive dick. Uh, sounds positively festive. Um, is, real yeah. insensitive tentacle about <laughs> not attending the ceremony. I don't. I don't know what word to use there. Yeah. Tenticulate. Yeah. I think that's what. Well, damn it! That's never gonna leave my brain. <laughs> he is very open that he would rather be doing things that involve. Drinking and festivities and debauchery and, you know, he doesn't want anybody trying to save his soul, basically. He's good on that. Take take your evangelical nonsense somewhere else kind of person. And, you know, Jakar, I think, is perhaps a little more sensitive to the religious aspect of it, but he has other things to do. He's just busy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got station security to worry about because he inherited Garibaldi's job. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> at least part of it but yeah so again londo and jakar not gonna play ball on mm-hmm. the special ceremony marcus's feelings are still a little bit elusive at this point he's clearly not mm-hmm. into it but he he won't own up to that just yet yeah so delenn sensing this is like well we're just gonna hang out all day then and you can tell me why eventually <laughs> yeah she's very persistent she sends Linear off to make preparations and insists that Marcus attend to the tour for the Mimbari captain with her. Yeah, he opens up finally, and he's got a lot of guilt he's carrying around, I guess. He's got some survivor's guilt, you might call it. Yeah. Um, he's doesn't have a home anymore. All of his possessions are gone. He lost his brother mm-hmm. because he didn't heed the warning about the shadows. And all he has left is the rangers, really. Yep. And his mission and his cause, which is yeah. this whole, like, I know this story has nothing to do with Jason Carter's personal thing, but I wonder if his acting here is so great because he did, like, give up his home in England and, and move to L.A. not too long before this. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's just an interesting. It's definitely something he could have been drawing on. Interesting lens to look at it through. Yeah. Dylan tells him he needs to forgive himself for surviving. And then they immediately get jumped by those domestic terrorists. Yeah. Marcus walks away angrily, I think, or, you know, upset. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he's left Delenn alone with Lenon walking up, they get seized by the terrorists. Mm-hmm. They make their demands and kill off the captain's aid. They have to get the Mimbari ships to leave Babylon 5 space. Did you clock the guy playing the Mimbari captain? No. He is oh, one this? of our repeats. He's the Drazi. One of the oh. Drazis we keep seeing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kim Strauss. And according to the Babylon 5 like wiki, mm-hmm. he's been a Drazi, a Markab, and an Arn, which I think clocks with all the times I've heard his voice and been like, oh, that's that same guy. <laughs> so this is probably the closest we get to seeing his actual face. Since the Membari aren't quite as heavily made up as the others. Yeah, a lot of those races are super uh, loaf heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's probably got some forehead stuff going on for that, you know, head bone thing. Mm-hmm. But this is as close as you get to seeing Kim Strauss. So we see uh, Marcus goes to down below to get information and throw some threats around. 
And we cut mm-hmm. to our sniper who says he learned the Nimbari language from prisoners so he could tell them to dig their own graves. Yeah. He's hey, I logistically, that would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. The Mimbari language is not easy, I'm thinking. We, we've had but... lip service paid to how difficult of a language it is to learn mm-hmm. multiple times. So to pick it up from people not trying, actively trying to hide what the words mean, actually, yeah. is absurd to me. But yeah, I'm sure, you know, if you've got a, a, a polygot mind and that's just how your brain works, you can handle it. It's not how sure. my brain works. Nope. I can say that. Same. So they do call in a threat. These Nightwatch terrorists call in a threat to CNC or to the command staff. Mm-hmm. And Garibaldi clocks the man with the scar, Boggs. He's yeah. familiar with him. Yeah, he's one of the Nightwatch guys who was on regular security shifts. They, they tell them that there's still people in the security organization that will tell them what's going on. Yeah, not a good Which, sign. don't play that card. Like, I don't know, right. maybe it's just me, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like maybe maybe you want to keep that one under your hat, but it does get under Garibaldi's skin for sure. Mm-hmm. He's not like, he's he's pretty sensitive to having a mole in his organization. Yeah, yeah, it's not been good for him in the past. Yeah, so they they kind of can get an idea that this is in down below or it's somewhere in yeah. the less desirable parts of the station. But they got no idea where exactly. We cut back to Marcus, who's made good on his threats and taken out everyone at this bar. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> this is a very endearing time for Marcus. I I think it's better that we don't see him kick everyone's ass. Like. <laughs> The mystery of the ass kicking, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now the people that were uh, not afraid of Marcus when he interrupted their poker game, they are cowering at his feet. <laughs> yeah. If they're conscious. If they're conscious. He has to wait a bit mm-hmm. because he has knocked everyone out. Lanier comes down and was all like, hey, I'm helping prep for the ceremony. And Marcus is just like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? He's just like, it's the last thing Dillette asked me to do. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm doing the thing. I am a With responsible or person. without. Yeah. He's he's very loyal. And uh, part of the ceremony, we learn, is admitting a secret. Yeah. You have to tell something, someone something that you've never told anyone else before. And Lanier's yeah. like, look, I'm going to be too busy doing all this shit. So secret time. I love Dillette. I've gone on missions that are more secretive than someone having a crush on their best friend for 10 years and never telling them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this color is linear in a whole different light for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, his obvious crush on Delenn is, I don't know if it's just because I knew, because I've seen uh-huh. the show, but it was obvious. Like, for me, it was like just part of his character at this point. Mm-hmm. It's so baked in that this is not a twist for me. So also as a dude, I'm sure I feel very differently about this. Just <laughs> throw that out there. Of course, he's I'm the creepy friend with a crush. Yeah. Yeah. At least he told Marcus, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Marcus is understandably surprised. Yes. It doesn't feel predatory to me at all. No, but I could understand someone reading it that way. Yeah, it doesn't feel not healthy. Like, (laughs) no, it doesn't feel healthy. That's where my discomfort comes from. It's definitely obsessive, which is why I feel like it's important to note that personally, I don't I did not read this as predatory because Uh it'd be very easy to take something that is this obsessive and it becomes something predatory. Yes, but I don't think. That's linear or particularly religious cast Mimbari, to be perfectly yeah. honest. So, you know, yeah. their brains are alien. They're literally wired differently. So. Right. So linear is acknowledging that this love is nothing he can ever say to her yeah. because he her destiny is somewhere else, you know, prophecy and whatnot. But they are interrupted by one of the informants waking up. And Marcus finally gets something useful out of this person. Just in time, too, because we cut over to senior staff and they're 
trying to really put down where this is. Mm -hmm. um, They've got kind of an idea. And they can narrow it down to a couple of things. And Marcus shows up and gives them the piece of the information they needed. So now they know what sector and what floor. And when they look, they see, hey, Garibaldi shut down this with his personal codes. And he's just like, oh, oh no. fuck. Yeah, those codes. Someone knew my password, peekaboo. <laughs> it was so secure. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Better get on that, Garibaldi. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't get in one way mm -hmm. in or out. And so they decide to, like, stage a accident. Yeah. That would force everyone to leave this area. Mm-hmm. They fake a reactor leak to push them out of hiding. Mm -hmm. as uh, as the Minbari are leaving so they're like surrendering to the demand at the same time as they're mm -hmm. pushing everybody out of there yep do you have the episode pulled up i don't but i can do i need to it's, see something Nah, I, i'll just describe it so with okay. 725 left in the episode the Minbari captain here is tied up takes out two dudes breaks his wrist cuffs and then frees delen in about four seconds in the background of a shop and it's just absurd <laughs> <laughs> yeah he like two-fist kirk punches someone he's not warrior cast right these were specifically religious cast ships but we've yeah. seen lanier fight <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah lanier walks into the bar and he's just like oh i guess they trained you decently <laughs> <laughs> like this is a bit sloppy don't you think <laughs> and we've seen Lanier take out a whole bar of people so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as they're all leaving with this commotion security gets an ambush on them gets a drop on them yep in the in the ambush hallway I feel like we've had like seven ambushes take place in the <laughs> same hallway our Babylon 5 characters are very good at hallway ambush. <laughs> right? Well, they've still got this resumes. one hallway set up uh -huh. for ambushes. They just lead everyone there. Uh-huh. Take care of business. Yeah, I think Ivanova gets Boggs. Yeah, Garibaldi and, and Sheridan get some more out. Yep. And then Delenn gets knifed. Yeah. Our creepy man throws a knife at her and right in the back. Yep. Sheridan catches her eases her down and is just like someone take care of her chases <laughs> that dude down and knocks him the fuck out yeah Sheridan has some loose ideas about justice we've seen in the past <laughs> and he's yeah. not going to just take this man into custody my hypocrisy only goes so far no <laughs> as long as he's alive for trial I feel like yeah. are words that left his lips here mm -hmm. and it's just like does he have to wear a body cam? I hope he has to wear a body cam. <laughs> right. I feel like I feel like everyone in authority on Babylon 5 should probably have one. I mean, we we see all sides of the story here, so we know this guy deserves it. Right. But he doesn't. You know, Sheridan does not know all sides of the story. So Yeah. Yeah. Does not have the omnipresent view that we are presented in the story. So he just takes him the fuck out. Cut to the aftermath. Delenn will be fine. The rebirth ceremony will not be happening, though, because she's going to be recovering in medbay. Mm -hmm. Garibaldi gets accosted by the AI and decides violence is the answer. Yeah. We got to have a little humor in this episode. So when the, the mm -hmm. AI is sassing him in the elevator, he just shoots it. <laughs> shoots the speaker, I should say. Yeah. In MedLab, Delenn is asking Lanier to rest. But he won't mm -hmm. leave her side, which is now colored a little bit by his previous confessions. <laughs> yep. But then Sheridan comes in and he's bringing the rebirth ceremony to her. He uh, takes something that means something to him, which is his uniform, as we've had referenced a couple of times here. And he leaves mm -hmm. that and he tells her the secret. He loves her. He doesn't use the L word because they're yeah. not dating and that'd be a bit much. But... <laughs> You know, he knows. You know, he's got yeah. feelings for mm -hmm. Garibaldi yeah. comes in after and leaves his uniform and admits he's afraid of losing himself to himself. Mm. Uh, yeah. Which I assume is a reference to his troubles with alcohol. Yeah, uh, he's, he doesn't want to lose control. might also be about a number of other things, you know. Honestly, his uh, fear of working with telepaths and stuff, there's a little bit mm -hmm. of foreshadowing here uh, mm -hmm. with stuff that comes down the line, too. 
Ivanova comes in, admits she loved Talia, says the L word. Finally. (laughs) Wish that had been fleshed out a little more, but at least we have an open acknowledgement of it. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Mm -hmm. Big deal for the show. Glad they managed to make it happen. At this is the point where, as we talked about in the beginning of the season, that JMS stopped getting notes after the start of season three from the station uh-huh. about what he can and cannot broadcast. Sure, yeah. They just let him do whatever he wanted. And I think this is him starting to test those waters. Mm-hmm. And then last we get Franklin, and he's mm-hmm. ready to admit at least to one person that he might have a problem. And we know from previous episodes that he's referring to the stems. Mm-hmm. And that will be another plot line that we see carried through this season. Yeah, I think it'll be coming up soon. So they've all given up their uniforms in addition to their personal mm-hmm. secrets. And uh, Lanier says, hey, we kind of thought that you all might drop those off. So we had somebody drop something off in your quarters. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. <laughs> so they, they put on their new uniforms and the crew rolls into CNC with the fresh dip and everyone's like, yo, where's mine? Because I also work in the station that's abandoned Earth Force. And there's like a ton of us here that are officers working here every day. So if the station's getting a new uniform, maybe we should get those. T- no, no, not in the budget. Yeah. Only the four. Even Zach doesn't. Okay. Okay. But the, but the jackets look so good. They look so good. I love this uniform. This is one of my favorite uniforms in all of sci-fi. It's just the cut of the jacket, just the little inlays and stuff. I say that the HD remaster really did something for that too, because I mm-hmm. didn't realize the different fabrics involved in like the collar area. And then there's the little, the gray fabric yep. on the, the chest. I didn't realize that it was as detailed as it is. So these are officially considered the uniforms of the Army of Light, Uh which is, I don't think, something they've said yet. I don't think the Army of Light's been thrown around yet, but knowing that they're fighting the upcoming Shadow War. So the fact that the Army of Light uniforms are primarily black and dark colors. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I dig that. There's a lot of very subtle detail, like there is green up against purple in a couple of places on this uniform, which is also the ranger emblem, has that green and purple right there. Yeah, true. So it's kind of a callback to that as well while being something distinct. I love it. I love this uniform. I regularly get an ad on my Facebook for a hoodie version of this uniform. Oh man, I want one. Right. (laughs) It's like printed. It's like one of those like printed uniform ones. They have them for all the Star Trek uniforms too and stuff. Yeah. I look at them and I'm like, kind of cool but there's some really nice ones out there i'm sure for star trek and Mm -hmm. maybe if we ever get a remake merch give me merch (laughs) i need new merch give it to me (laughs) (laughs) let me buy the thing yeah and then we get uh takashima's line b5 is open for business just like the pilot to theme Mm -hmm. here nice way to end halfway yeah all right laura what'd you think of this one Give me a give me a rating on a scale of Babylon's one to five. Oh man. I think I have to give this one just a three. Yeah. Is that weird? No. Okay. Um, There's a few parts that don't quite come together for me. And it, it felt tonally very shifty. Like we have a lot going on. Yeah, there is a disorienting sense of juxtaposition in this episode. Uh-huh for sure it's all over the place and it's just like one thing new thing new thing ha harlan allison's doing a new york accent making a joke Uh and then domestic terrorism i my my notes say fuck this episode really okay um so delenn owns this episode and if we were to just take delenn in this episode especially her speech about pitying the domestic terrorist dude which we didn't really get into, but is one of the highlights of this episode for me. Um, yeah. She gets a Babylon 4 for me. 100%. Yeah. The ending, you know, I love these uniforms, but fuck these mayonnaise on Wonder Bread sandwich eating fucks. 
and and maybe it's me being sensitive to things. Maybe it's because we're recording this two days after the anniversary of the January sixth insurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I watched this on January sixth, and yeah. so I will completely own that it is more than likely that confluence of things that is influencing me and leading me towards a fuck this episode. I don't think I can give it a full fuck this episode because there's some really great moments in it. And the domestic terrorist stuff is not, if, if there had been more of it, it hundred percent would be a fuck this episode for me. But I think that juxtaposition pulls me out of the episode so much that I can't, I don't really feel strongly about it in any regard. Yeah, like you said, Delenn, very good in this episode. Everything that's happening around her is pretty chaotic and disjointed. I really think that the AI bit would have been better off in a different episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we didn't need that. <laughs> I think if this were a script that you handed to a college professor in a TV writing class, uh-huh. they would tell you to pick one thing. Yeah, shave, shave a little. It's like um, Coco Chanel used to say, you know, get dressed, put all your accessories on, and then take one off, <laughs> and then you're dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Coco Chanel. I could be stealing it from someone else, but that's the Regardless. way I've heard it attributed. Yeah. No, and that's that's how I feel about this one. So it's hard to rate it because I feel like it's a couple of distinct episodes, and I feel very differently about mm-hmm. those episodes. So yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll say three, I guess. I'll... I'll it's it's a middle of the road because of this. Yeah. Parts of it are great and parts of it I made me feel very strongly. And yeah. if that was the goal, good job, goal achieved. If, you know, like we said before, the goal of art is to make you feel things. Um, yeah, I felt things sure. from this episode yeah. and I did not like feeling those things. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's important and sometimes fuck this episode. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what we won't be saying that about, though, is next week's episode, which is our movie break. We love movie break, and it's we're doing a good time. one. I've not seen this. I'm very excited to watch this movie, and my girlfriend is very excited to watch this movie with me. Her dog is named after one of the characters in this movie. We're going to be watching really? Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and I'm really looking forward to watching it and talking about it next week. Yes. Until then, we'd like to thank Jeremy Siegel for our lovely theme music. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. And go ahead and join our Discord and join our conversations there. We're talking about all kinds of stuff as it happens, podcast stuff, life stuff. It's great community. Love the Discord. So join that. You can shoot us an email, whoareub5.gmail.com. We'll read your email in our next mailbag segment. And thanks to our editor, Aaron, for putting in all the legwork and getting these episodes out. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Definitely. All right. We'll see you next week, Internet. Bye.